Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. We're thankful to have this opportunity to be with you, and we're thankful that you're there and want to get into God's Word and learn a little more. So just as the name of the program suggests, we get into God's Word, we dig deep, we look at things and what the Scriptures teach in in depth and in detail, and yet we try to explain what it really means in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your everyday life. We're thankful to have this opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the Internet, but also through these radio airwaves. And we're thankful again for everybody who wants to join us and learn more from God's Word. We encourage you to come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Now, many people from our radio ministry have done that over the years, and many have stayed on. But come and check us out. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, just north of Maple at the top of the hill. Our Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study. And then on Wednesday evenings, middle of the week, good time to get our spiritual batteries recharged, we come back together for midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 6.30. You're welcome to any and all of these services and encourage others to come as well. We also encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help as many people get to heaven as we can. When you sign up for our podcasting, you'll automatically receive to your smart device, whether that's your phone or computer or whatever smart device you choose, you will automatically receive these radio programs, five days a week, Monday through Friday, search the scriptures, but you will also receive a whole lot more Bible teaching. You'll, have, you'll receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, and all of our sermons. And you'll receive a seven-day-a-week short Bible class. Now, that's every day, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes long each day, but it keeps us in God's Word and thereby helps keep us strong in our faith. Because, as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So take advantage of this opportunity for further and more in-depth Bible study, and tell everybody else you can to do so as well. We're going to begin a new line of thought and study today. We're going to be talking about something that is going to make some people shake their heads, yes, boy, that needs to be said. And it's going to also affect some other people by making them very uncomfortable. Well, what are we going to be talking about? Laziness. Laziness. Now, some people might say, well, well, wait a minute. I I thought you were teaching Bible. I thought this was a Bible study radio program. It is. You will probably be surprised at how many verses of Scripture, how many texts of Scripture talk about the subject of laziness and how it is condemned over and over and over repeatedly throughout the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament. Now, let me begin by noting that 
Undoubtedly, we live in the fastest-paced society the world has ever known. <laughs> now, if you've been around as long as I have, you might remember when television, <laughs> there was no such thing as cable. No cable TV, no live streaming, no streaming of any sort. There was no internet. I grew up in the big city of Chicago, and we had five television stations, five. One of those was public broadcasting. The other, the other four were the big three networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, and then there was a local station that's become very p widely known and very popular across most of the country. That was WGN. Now, that's a local Chicago station. I grew up, that was it. That was the extent of television that was available. And most of those stations went off the air at midnight. <laughs> uh, sound like a different world, different universe? Well, that's the way it was. But, you know, also there was no such thing as TV dinners until I was about 10 years old or so. There were no microwaves, had not been invented yet. There was, again, no Internet. Um, telephones, that was a landline. And back then, there was no such thing even as touch-tone phones. You dialed a rotary dial to get to your party. In some parts of the country, there were party lines. And so you might pick up your phone and want to make a call. You would be automatically connected with, uh, in many cases, with an operator someplace. But you might hear somebody else talking on that line. Well, that was because... If you had a party line, you shared that line with a number of other telephone customers. And so if you picked up and one of them was talking to somebody, you had to wait until they were finished and hope that you would find the line you know, with nobody talking on it so you could make your call. Well, <laughs> we would not want to go back to those days, would we? We would not want to go back to that technology. But we live in the fastest-paced society, I believe, the world has ever known, and yet there is no scarcity of laziness in our country, in our society, in our culture. In fact, I believe a case can be made that while extreme busyness is a part of our culture, part of our lives, and all of the stress that naturally goes therewith, laziness is at an epidemic level in our country right now. And I'm not shrinking away from saying that. Now, it's my opinion, but I think it's obvious. Laziness is at an epidemic level. Now, these concurrent conditions, extreme busyness, and at the same time, growing, perhaps we could even call epidemic levels of laziness, these two realities existing concurrently at the same time, well, that might seem to be naturally exclusive. You could not have both of those at the same time. We're busier and busier, and at the same time, we're growing lazier and lazier as a culture. But I believe that's exactly what the case is, what the reality is.
the two are coexisting at the same time, and it's almost like laziness as a cultural mindset is trying to take over the busyness, the productivity. Now, sometimes some people are just busy doing a whole lot of things that, well, they don't have a whole lot of, of productive effect. They're just doing a whole lot of busy things. You have a whole lot of people who are on their smartphones all the time. I mean, all the time. I've seen couples in restaurants sitting across from one another, and both of them were on their their phones and not talking to one another. But at the same time, we have a growing mindset of not wanting to work. Now, wanting to be supported, but not wanting to work. Delving into the nature and the effects of the busy lifestyles in which so many people are caught up would be an interesting exercise in itself. But we want to look at the other side of the ledger, so to speak. The purpose of this particular study, study this series, is to look at, at the problem of laziness. And if you don't see laziness in our culture right now, in our country, as a problem, then you need to look again. Maybe you need to look in the mirror. Maybe you are part of that particular problem. Maybe you are caught up in that mindset, in that cultural movement of being lazy. I'm not trying to be mean-spirited. I'm not trying to talk down to people, but I'm trying to bring fact to our minds and bring it out in the open because I believe our nation is on a self-destructive pathway right now in a number of ways, and I'm afraid that laziness is one of them because being lazy is non-productive. And for a nation to thrive, it needs to be productive. Now, the nation cannot be productive for the people who live within that nation. They are the, they are the nation. So they have to take their positions in the workplace and in society, and in the culture, and they have to produce in order for the country, the nation, to be productive. The problem of laziness as a lifestyle, and particularly in relation to our spiritual lives, is what I want to focus on in this particular line of study. Now, a lot of people, again, who are just plain lazy and getting lazier, they would probably be upset at some of the things that we'll look at and cover and bring out in a very purposeful way through this study. But fact is fact. Reality is reality, whether anybody believes it or not or whether anybody wants to hear it or not. It just not, does not change the truth of the matter. Laziness is a choice, a choice. Now, some people suffer from various physical, emotional, and or psychological disorders that tend to rob them of energy and leave them in a state of clinical depression. Now, that's a medical condition, and that has to be addressed pretty much with, with uh, medical prescriptions because it's not a, just a feeling, you know, like you've got the Monday morning blahs one day, and then you kind of get through that day, and the next day you're doing okay. No, this is, we're talking about a clinical disorder that is medical in nature and has to be addressed through medication. 
because it ultimately points to a chemical imbalance in a lot of cases. Well, that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about being lazy by choice. And we're not talking about feeling down in the dumps one or two days, because we normally get over that quickly. But such people can find themselves virtually unable to motivate themselves to carry out even simple daily routines because they've got this clinical disorder, clinical depression. They may sleep for inordinate periods of time on a daily basis. But again, their condition is clinical and no fault of their own. They did not bring it on themselves. Again, it is a physical disorder that probably relates back to a chemical imbalance within the brain. Our brain fires chemically. It's electrical charges that are stimulated by by chemicals that God has designed within our brain. And so if those get out of order, if they start misfiring or whatever, then we have problems and clinical depression is one of them. Now, this study, though, is not talking about people who cannot drag themselves out of bed because of that kind of clinical depression. We're talking about people who are simply lazy by choice. By choice. People who live a lifestyle in which laziness is a central feature. These are people who are largely unproductive, not because they don't have the opportunity, not because they don't have any ability. God, don't make no junk, as the little boy might have said. They're simply unproductive because they're too lazy to be productive. They're too lazy to get a job, to, to go to work. They're, they're too lazy even to look for a job. And often they make excuses for their indolence, but most of the excuses are just bogus. Ironically, some of these people work pretty hard after a fashion to maintain their lazy lifestyle. They jump through all kinds of hoops to try to find some way for somebody to support them financially while they don't have to go get a job and work for their own living. I've said a number of times that when you consider what a whole lot of lazy people do to stay lazy or to maintain their lazy lifestyle, they might find life a whole lot easier if they just go get a job and start working. Interesting, interesting. They're continually hustling to find the next handout. They make all kinds of phone calls. You know, can you help me here? I need this. I, you know, I'm, I'm out of work. Well, yeah, you're out of work because you're always out of work. You don't want to work. That's the way it is with a whole lot of lazy people. And such individuals are not only a drain on the society within a nation, within our nation, but their mindset That lazy mindset is fundamentally ungodly. I'm not sure a whole lot of people who are just living in laziness, and I'm talking about a choice now. We're saying laziness is a choice. We're not talking about somebody who is physically handicapped or mentally handicapped or medically handicapped. We're talking about people who could get a job. Now, they may not get a 
a job as a high-paid executive, they might have to work at, at Walmart, or they might have to work at, at, a, at a grocery store in the stock room, or running a cash register, or, or going out and getting carts out of the parking lot and bringing them back. They might have to work at a fast food uh, restaurant, you know, flipping burgers or something like that. But all those jobs are productive. They're earning a living. And ultimately, that contributes to their sense of self-dignity and self-worth. I used to say for many, many years in counseling situations that when I'd have somebody come to me, a man in particular, who would come to me who had been out of work for a long time, not through any fault of his own, but there just was no jobs that he could find that he could be hired at in that particular job market at that particular time. And I'd say, you know, he really needs to get a job because we're wired. Men are wired to work and be productive and take care of their families. And so that working for a living gives us a sense of self-dignity and self-worth. But I'm afraid that our culture today, and to a great extent, I'm afraid it is the product of, of a lot of government politicians and bureaucracies that on the surface may have noble intentions to simply want to help people who are down and out. But instead, they're helping a whole lot of people who are just lazy. And by supporting laziness, they actually contribute to laziness. And I'm afraid that more and more our male population is losing that sense of of drive and purpose that gives themselves dignity by saying, I want to work for a living. I want to take care of my family by earning my living at a job. Because I'm afraid that we're getting more and more into a cultural mindset that says, well, I don't have to work. Uh, people, they should take care of me. That's laziness again. And again, it's ungodly. Well, Paul, the apostle, he dealt with the problem of laziness pointedly and succinctly. Now, again, when somebody is just lazy and they're expecting other people to take care of them, and ultimately a lot of that expectation is, I want the government to take care of me. I deserve to be taken care of. I, 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 they need to take care of me. They need to give me some kind of governmental program, handouts, whatever it might be. And don't expect me to have to work to earn that or be, you know, uh, somebody who deserves it. They just need to give it to me. Well, that's a drain on society. It's a drain on our economics, it's a drain on our culture. As I said, the Apostle Paul dealt with the problem of laziness pointedly and succinctly. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 15, he addressed in depth the ungodly lifestyle of laziness. Now, well, while neither the term lazy nor laziness are found in the text in writing to the church of Thessalonica, the apostle Paul 
dealt with the principle of laziness pointedly. The principle of living a lifestyle of laziness in this particular text. It's interesting that he identified it as being a disorderly lifestyle in verses 6 and 7. I want to read this text, and then next time we'll come back and we'll look at it in more detail. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and I want us to read verses 6 through 15. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verses 6 through 15. Here Paul wrote, we command you, brethren. Now notice he says, we command you. He's not saying we want to urge you, we want to, we want to encourage you, we want to give you some, some thoughts, you know, here's something maybe you might want to think about. Now he says, we command you. We command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. Now, automatically, I think we would think somebody living a disorderly lifestyle. He's talking to Christians here, by the way, members of the church. We would think somebody's you know, being disruptive. Somebody is living an ungodly lifestyle. Somebody's living in sin. Somebody's causing problems in the church. But he, he quickly zeroes in on what he means by disorderly. In verse 7, he goes on and says, For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us. For we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day that we might, might not be a burden to any of you. What, Paul? I thought you were talking about disorderliness. You're talking about working for a living here? Not because we do not have authority, but, uh, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. Even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. What? That certainly would not fly in our cultural mindset today, and particularly not among a whole lot of politicians and, and bureaucrats. If anyone will not work, let him not eat. Now, notice Paul did not say somebody who could not work through some physical handicap or medical problem or depression or whatever it might be. Now, he said, if anyone will not work. In other words, they just made up their mind they're not going to work. They don't want to work. They're lazy. He says, then they don't eat. Well, interesting. And this is scripture. And Paul is saying, we command you. For we hear there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now those who are such, we command and exhort. This is the third time he's used the word command in here. We command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. We'll come back and start to look at this text in more detail next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to want to work and to be productive and to benefit from our productivity. And in that way, live a godly and obedient lifestyle before you. 
help us to learn the sense of dignity that comes from working for a living and taking care of our families in that way. Please, Father, we pray for your forgiveness and your patience. And hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.